I, I just clicked on there's a settings recording tab, so I'm like. Well, only. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, like it's, it's like it's Alt. I think it's Alt P. I think to start recording, or maybe it's Alt R. Um, but it should be. Re I mean, it's recording on my end at least right now, and we're recording on OBS right now. And I was going to record one more place. Uh, I have to request recording permission from the meeting host. What? I don't know who that jerk is. Um, can you do it? Do you want to do it? It didn't actually say how to request it. It just said <laughs> I had to. I have to. Okay. Well, that's... Okay. <laughs> um... I don't know. Well, if you can, if you figure it out, then we can, we can add that in. But right now I think we're recording three different ways. So I think we, I think we should be okay. Please request recording permission from the meeting host. Like, does yeah, it, just, does it just all say? Does not want to tell me how to do that. Ah, well, okay. All right, let's, let's just assume I've got this covered this time. And then I guess next time we'll, We'll try to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's get started then. So, oh. Excuse me, sir. My hand is raised. Your hand Your hand is raised. Yes. Any, anything in particular? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> gosh. So, thanks for joining us uh, for this week uh, on the Dark Depth Podcast. So, your go-to place for modern and legacy goodness um i am billy mitchell one of your hosts and am I, I supposed to speak now i mean like i can introduce you do you want me to introduce you uh i'm very important i'm used to people introducing me yes okay i am billy mitchell you're uh one of your hosts and i am joined by a uh my co-host uh master of the dark depths himself reclaimer of um yeah we'll say Talaria west uh, Michael Mapson. So how you doing, Michael? Hi, that's me. It's weird. I don't think you've ever called me by my first name. I mean, like, I feel like there's, like, people who call you Michael and there's people who call you Mapson, so I can just keep calling you Mapson if that's, I guess that's easier. Makes more sense. Um, but anyways, um, well, th well, thanks for finally getting together. It's like, it's, like, hard trying to get the whole podcast thing together. Well, I mean, to be fair, I I did just move this week, and you did just have a kid, so like, our lives are kind of busy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the house also doesn't help that I work overnight. Yeah, that's actually like the brutal part because like the overnight theoretically would be like the time where I could like get like you know an extra three hours because the baby sleeps for um, like you know three and four hours at a time at night, um, like the only time. Uh, so working overnight definitely makes it harder on my end, and I guess definitely you you moving with the two dogs and the wife it makes it. A lot more difficult on your end too. I don't think I've seen pictures of your house. The more I think about it, like I know I saw a picture of you out front of your house. But I don't think I saw like the inside of your house. I mean, did I not send you the solo listing? No, I probably didn't. No, I want to. I, you definitely need to send that because I'm I'm very interested. Can do, or you know, we're not too far. You can always just show up randomly. I could, and then I can tell you to go away because we're in a pandemic. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's like the worst part. I keep wanting to. I th I saw um, so one of our friends, uh, well, Ian. Um, you obviously know Ian, um, but uh, Ian stopped by the other day to drop off um, some like baby clothes, and I was like, I just haven't seen you in like months. It's like he's like a like a full beard, and like it was like crazy. Um, the, the the amount of people I have seen on Twitter, I guess that I have not seen in real life, is just is way too high. It's not a good ratio. So he went out and bought baby clothes for the baby, right? Yes, yes. It's not like he, like, made his own clothes or, like... Okay. You know, well, I'm just like, Ian doesn't have kids or, like, a little sibling. Like, why does he just have baby clothes? Yeah, no. He, he bought some clothes. He bought, like, um... Because he, he said they, like, might not fit. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't know what that means. Like, they're, they're baby clothes, so, like, hopefully they'll fit. Um, he bought clothes that... Were, babies grow. They do. And he, he bought clothes that were for a year out. They're 12 months clothes, not... She's currently in, like, the zero to three size. Um, but he bought clothes that that should fit her pretty well next summer. Uh, so thinking ahead a little bit. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah. 
I'm just sitting here being a terrible friend. I've got you nothing, so. Well, it's fine. Honestly, I didn't expect anyone to get gifts for us, you know, for, for the baby. Um, like, outside of, like, maybe, like, a like a, like a Chandra plushie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't expect anything, anything, so. Getting it, getting anything was, like, very nice. It was very appreciated. Is that your way of telling me to get you a Chandra plushie? I mean, not me. I don't need it. But the baby might need a Chandra plushie. Hmm. Well, you moved, and I don't know your address, so oh, you get good, nothing from me. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, oh man. All right. Talk about moving. Let's jump into something a little different. Let's uh, talk about the modern challenges. I keep like hoping that this is going to be like some big modern event that I'm like missing out on, but like I feel like really right now it's just MTGO and challenges. That's really all we we're getting. Yeah, I mean, so. We've also had the Mana Traders series from month to month, but like this month was Legacy. So mm-hmm. also the NRG series does modern sometimes. Yeah, so hopefully when when they if we're on the same week, we'll look over those too. Uh, but I think right now we just have uh, modern the modern Legacy challenges MCGO to look at. Uh, decks are pretty sweet actually, and I think this is uh, I know modern. I mean, modern. The reason we're doing a podcast about modern legacy is because we think they're the sweetest formats, anyways. Um, but I think this kind of proves that, like, there's some really sweet uh, decks that I haven't been seeing a lot of lately uh, in this top eight. This is the one from um, August fifteenth. Um, I don't know what happened, but they don't have the first place list. But the second place list, uh, I think, actually is really, really cool. The one by uh, Bant Ramp by Doom Switch. Okay, Doom Switch being a notable moto grinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a yeah bit ramp, but I mean it's like a kind of a euro. Uh, do they euro or euro? I feel I've heard both. I feel like it's euro. I say euro. You say euro. Okay, I'll I'll default to you then. So it's an euro uh, ramp deck. Plenty of planeswalkers. Um, I don't. Is this a like, run through the list? Or? Um, I mean I don't want to go through like every single card. I mean, but the highlights though, you definitely have euro. Um. You've got Jason Mind Sculptor along with Teferi here of Dominaria and uh, Teferi Time Raveler. Um, and then you're also playing Our Promise, just a one of, uh, along with some counter spells and Force Negation and Mana Leak. But you're kind of. Is this a, it's a ramp deck, right? So they have two Feel of the Dead? So is yeah, this... I mean, it's got four Gross Spiral, three Arrow, an Hour of Promise, and two Field. Like, I would definitely call it a ramp deck. And I guess, this, are they just trying to kill you with Field of the Dead, or is it, are they trying to kill you with Uro? Either or. I mean, so, like, I think Canisters is the origin of this list, and, you know, he likes to play controlling games, but it's, like, Uro is just probably the best card in Modern right now, but Field of the Dead also gives you, like, that late-game engine against other control decks. So, like, I think the premise is... Aurora is going to beat most things, but in the pseudo mirror, you're just like kind of favored because Field of the Dead's going to go over top of everything else over time. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid. And like, I guess they, if Aurora doesn't go go over it, or I guess the zombies go, I guess under it or through it. Um, I guess you still have the Jason Mind Sculptor, um, but hopefully close out a game too. Have you ever actually seen Jace win a game of Modern? In Modern, um. I usually concede before we get to that point, but uh, so I guess no. I guess no, actually. Yeah, like, I've seen Jace, like, actually just Ultimate and Legacy a fair share of times. I don't oh, think yeah, I've seen sure. it happen in Modern yet. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it's like one of those cards, I think, I, I think for the most part, um, Modern players are less patient than the Legacy players. The play, uh, Legacy players are like, ah, oh, I, can, I can maybe get out of this, and Modern players are like, nah, man, I'm trying to get out of here. The round starts in like thirty minutes. I, I can I can maybe get lunch. So, yeah, I think this deck is sweet though. Is this is this kind of the direction like modern is right now? You think with these kind of bant ramp decks? Yeah, I mean, I think decks like this again. I think Aura is just the best thing you can be doing. So I think any deck that really is maximizing his potential is really good. So like this deck, the Wilderness Reclamation deck. Uh, people were really high on like the Rugscape Shift deck for a little bit, although it like I feel like it disappeared a week or two later. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's because the Wilderness Reclamation deck is just better, or if there are too many 
people playing like foils and chokes. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah. I just think the general, I'm going to play a slightly controlling, slightly rampish strategy with Uro is just very good. Yeah, I think that's a, definitely it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, and I think we've seen this over the past, um, really the past year, I mean, starting with, with Oko. I think Blue-Green has just gotten so many cards that are just like, you know, build your own card advantage engine. And I think the fact that you get to attack, draw uh, draw a card, gain three life, put a land into play, like, there's just so much value in one little package. Uh, okay, so they got that. Uh, rest of the top eight here. Uh, we've got Rector's Aggro, actually three copies of that Rector's Aggro. Uh, Grisius Death Shadow. We've got Merfolk, which is, I guess, a blast from the past. Um, and then Golgari Midrange. The Rakdos Acrodeck's, like, interesting to me, because I feel like during the Companion era, like, this deck came out and everybody was like, oh man, this deck's busted, it's the best thing you can be doing, like, it was dominating the format, and then, you know, they nerfed the Companions, and I feel like everybody just forgot this deck existed, and then, like, I don't know, the Blue-Red Prowess deck started to turn out more, and then people were like, wait a minute, Prowess is still viable? Let's go back to red-black. And then, like, all of a sudden, Loris is everywhere again. Yeah, this deck is... I mean, I think that black-red version was, like, so low to the ground. This is a, a little bigger. Like, this, it's playing, like, Abbot of Carol Keep, and um, it's playing Kiln Fiend in this version. Um, and they obviously do have the Loris there, too. And I actually like what Loris does in this deck, as far as trying to get some of these creatures and um, even the artifacts and enchantments back from its graveyard. They're playing, um, and this I'm looking at uh, Applap, uh, their list. But they're playing like Mishra's Bauble, Seal uh, of Fire, uh, really getting a lot of advantage out of um, Lurus, even if they don't can't get a creature back. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also liking how Clean of Dust is just everywhere. Like three copies in the stack right now. I mean, the card is really good, but it's funny because it just looks like such a role player, but it's so prevalent now. Yeah, I mean, like, they, I actually played a game, I think it was, I think it was today, um, where they just, they, they clinged to dust, um, got rid of a lava dart, and, like, it's like, I just don't really want the lava dart right now, I, don't, I can't really afford to use a land um, to flash it back, so I guess you can have it, but then they cantrip instead, and I'm like, well, I really, I don't want you to have a car, but I want to lose a land, like, what's the, what's my situation? <laughs> um and, and like, like you said, if if, if uh, Uro is one of the best cards in the format, then Clean Dust has to be good, I think. Yeah, I um, I remember. I'm going to talk about the wrong format for a second. Yeah. But I just remember like the week that Uro and like Clean Dust and all of them came out. Like I showed up to a Legacy event with like I think only a single copy of Cling and like two copies of Uro in my deck, mm -hmm. and people kind of just like laughed at me. I was like, these cards are so powerful, like. You guys are gonna see it, and so it makes me feel good that they're just everywhere now. Like, cards are so good. Yeah, I think the escape mechanic—it's definitely—it um, seems like it's something that is not as powerful as it is until the first time you escape it, and then the second time you escape it, and then you eventually realize the point. It's like I have no way of actually dealing with this long term. Yeah, I mean, it's just a form of card advantage, and like, sure, like if Cling to Dust didn't have escape, you probably wouldn't play it. Like. You could maybe get away with playing it in a sideboard, um, but like, just being able to like cast it over and over again as a cantrip is so good. Yeah, yeah and like especially in the, um, I mean, this deck is, I mean, it has enough prowess triggers, right? I mean, all the creatures have prowess, or you know, kiln fiend, which I guess is like I don't even know what you would call that. It's not prowess. It's not fire breathing. It's like uh, cleaving, I guess we'll call it cleaving. I'm uh, getting three L, but. Um, the fact that you get to cling to dust, um, cling to dust, exile a problem, uh, problematic card, and then maybe also draw a card to help you hopefully get another spell. I mean, that's just like so much advantage. Um, and it's, and it's also impressive too that you consider, I think, um, cling to dust does a good job of kind of showing that you can be, this can work in a more aggressive deck or it can work in a slower deck too. Yeah. Such a good card. Very good. Alright, so there's that. Let's, um... 
So is there anything else on this top eight? I'm not, I don't know. So, like, wait, I want to I want to talk about Grix's Shadow for just a second. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, Grix's Shadow, fairly boring. Everybody <laughs> knows it. Yeah. Please don't be mad at me, Mike Rapp. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I don't know if you saw Dylan Donegan just went like 4-1 in the last modern prelim, okay. cutting the red from his deck and playing just a straight blue back Shadow. Oh. I'm like wondering which which is actually better between the two, or also just playing the Jund version, which is I, kind of a different deck, but... Yeah, I mean, the Jund... I mean, and it gets to depend what version of the Jund, too, because there's, like, a Jund aggro, which actually I actually recorded a video with earlier um, that plays, like, Monetary Swift Beer and things like that, but there's the bigger one, too, that's playing, like, Tarmogoyf and whatnot. So it's... Uh, I guess that's interesting. Um, I mean, like, I guess if you're cutting red, I mean, looking at uh, Pennywise's uh, list, cutting the red, I mean, you're just getting rid of what, Lightning Bolt? Uh, TBR is huge, uh, Team Rare Battle Rage. Yeah, that's what I've always thought, but, like, evidently you don't need it. Like, the thing about Team Rare Battle Rage is, like, I feel like it wins you a lot of games against combo decks, kind of, because it just gives you this quick kill out of nowhere. But, mm. like, do you really need that? I mean, you're already so good against those decks anyways. And I'm like, I don't know that... Like, if we're playing in a world where... Are we playing in a world right now where trample matters? Is the question, I guess. I mean, I think the trample is always relevant when you're looking at like uh, those really small, um, kind of go wide decks. Um, something like elves, I guess, would be more prevalent in, uh, where you have plenty of blockers, but it, but they're small blockers, right? So like even like um, like a black white tokens deck or something like that, um, the TBR ends up being huge. Yeah, but is anybody playing those things right now? <laughs> Or, like, I don't really think they are. I think you just want more impactful spells, probably. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah, it's not a it's not a format. I, I feel like this format's actually really interesting, too, because it's... Um, I think there's a lot of really powerful spells that people are playing. Um, and then... But no one's playing, like, these, like, high synergy things. Like, I, I feel like no one's playing... Uh, or maybe that's not the right word, way to say it. But no one's playing like cards that are individually weak. I feel like I feel like the cards themselves are actually powerful. Uh, so I guess maybe maybe you don't need TBR right now. Yeah, I mean there's only a two of, and like getting rid of it, uh, like they weren't playing Cole against Command main deck anyways. Some people were playing Lightning Bolt, but it's only ever like a one of. Mm -hmm. So like if you get rid of it, you just get to make your mana better. Um, I'm not sure how much that matters. But, like, it's worth noting. Um, and then, like, what Donegan did was, like, he had an extra Snapcaster Mage and a Drown in the Law. Uh, and then that way he could also fit in an extra Cantrip. Like, he had stopped in his list. Hmm. One thing I do like about Pennywise's list, though, is Pennywise has the Eliminate. Eliminate seems really, really good. Yeah, I it, this is... I had a wish list of cards that I really wish they would bring into Modern... Uh, and um, Smother was one of those cards. I always thought Smother was such a really cool card uh, from Onslaught that ended up just kind of missing um, the the jump over to the new format, you know, by essentially a year. But Eliminate just, I mean, it's really so much better being able to kill these three mana planeswalkers. Like, yeah, uh, the card is, the card is nice. Hmm. I do wish that it exiled, but obviously that's not <laughs> something. Uh, that black does a lot of, yeah. especially at uncommon. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the, like, oh god, I was just gonna say, like, if they could permanently deal with arrow, that would be really cool. Yeah, being able to permanently deal. I mean, that and Croxa too. I mean, that's another big, uh, big card there. Um, something like uh, I can't pronounce the name. Cloithus is that the name? The uh, red green god. Yeah. Um, would that would be huge? Uh, you know, obviously when it's a creature, but I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, but even being able to deal with, um, obviously I guess not an issue now in standard, but, um, being able to deal with Teferi Time Raveler, um, so they, and that in Narset, so they can't get it back with, um, Elspeth Conqueror's Death. I mean, that's a huge, um, plus two if it could, if it could exile. I wonder if, uh, if, like, Eliminate had existed when, um, when Oko was being played, I wonder if that card would be banned right now or not. I'm guessing it probably still would be, 
but I'm just curious. I mean, that's a it's a good point. I mean, it's a it's a two drop. So if you, you know, like they can play, um, they could play that Oko on three, and then you could just cling it, not uh, cling it, uh, <laughs> eliminate it, right? So it's not like you're getting a huge disadvantage. They get a food token probably. I, I don't think I think that definitely changes some things. Yeah, that, if they had printed this just a little bit sooner. Yeah, because, like, I feel like Abrupt Decay was really our main answer to that card. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's so color-restrictive. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I always feel like, too, the uh, just the way, I guess, magic works, too. If you want to play the most powerful thing, you could, you'd end up playing Oko with your Abrupt Decay into some kind of bug list. And, like, maybe you end up still playing a bug list, right, um, with the Eliminate. But I think it at least makes you, you know, contemplate um, if you need to be playing Oko necessarily. If you're playing something as powerful as Eliminate. Alright, uh, let's take a look at the Sunday list. Uh, Sunday Modern Challenge. Um, kind of cool top eight. I, I think this is more, we kind of talked about some of these decks actually a little bit ago. Um, they got a first place with Is It Aggro, uh, but you got Mono Green Tron, uh, you got Chrissy's Dust Shadows, Side Control, uh, Team Erec, uh, Human, Mono Blue Tron, and Boros Burn. The uh, Is It deck looked kind of cool, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've played this deck before, it's pretty fun. Um... I, I will say, I don't understand only playing two Bedlam Reveler, but other than that, I really like this list. And I assume I'm wrong because everybody is on two Bedlam Reveler, <laughs> yeah. but I just feel like I want to draw that card way more. Like, I don't know if I would want four, but I feel like I want at least three. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been playing uh, Monored Prowess, and I'll talk about that later, but I've been playing Monored Prowess so much that like Bedlam Reveler is one of the cards that really gets the cards moving for you. Um, because you really do need like a, a very high amount of cards um, cast in a game in order to win. Um, does this deck really need as many cards? You feel like in order to be able to close that game? I I don't know. I I feel like some games you won with very little cards, but like I just I feel like Bedlam Reveler really, really, really helps you grind out games, hmm. and sometimes that's just what the format is, especially with all the controlling decks around. Yeah. So I just. I don't know. I like having that ability to go long. Okay. Um, I mean, do you think... Well, I, I mean, they're playing four Storming Entities in this list, too. Um, so do you think that maybe it's like creating some friction between like what you can really have at the top end between the Reveler and the Entity? Probably. I, I think I would go to three of each. Okay. Um, and I actually really like... I mean, they're playing the four Swift Spear, the four Soulscar Mages, too, but I actually really like... Bright Dragon. I mean, I've been looking at that card in the Is It Delver decks in, in Legacy and been impressed with it there. Um, but I think the modern list it actually looks just as good. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think it looks better here than in Legacy, personally. But yeah. card, uh, I've seen it do some pretty bonkers things. Yeah, especially, like, I mean, they're playing it with, like, uh, Mutagenic Growth and Gut Shot, right? So it can get actually really large even on turn two really neat i think it's really cool that like for all these creatures this is just such a small thing but like i really like how um mutagenic growth just puts all of them out of the way of lightning bolt oh my gosh yeah that's huge it it's almost like you get to play mental misstep except sometimes it kills your opponent yeah absolutely yeah it's um in the fact, like I think, the turns where you're really trying to, you know, pummel in damage. The fact, the fact it doesn't cost any mana, is obviously huge too. But like there's, there, there are a lot of times I, and once again, I have this, um, this happened to me today where I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end a turn lightning bolt this, and they're like, nope, mutagenic growth. And I was like, ah, that's real awkward. That was my whole turn. Okay, well, <laughs> time walk. That's fine. Not a big deal. It's like it's like time walk discard a card. Like that's not what I want. Ugh. But I like this deck. Maybe I'll try this deck out at some point. 
seems kind of my alley. Um, yeah, like we were talking about the teamer rec deck before. Um, this is is and like maybe it's myself, I guess. When you talk about uh, Team Wreck, my mind doesn't immediately think that they're playing Uro and Ren and Six. That's not where that's not where my mind goes with that card. Well, I don't know that everybody's playing Ren and Six, but everyone's playing Uro. I think everyone should play Ren and Six. I think that card is actually very good still. Um, yeah, but I, think... I, I I like this deck. It's really cool. I mean, like especially if you're. But like with the red and six, you you're playing that with uh, Field of Ruin too, so you can kind of get that recursive wasteland feel, um, like you do well, like you did in Legacy for a bit. Um, and I thought I always appreciate a deck that's playing Factor Fiction. I feel like it's just not a card that gets much love these days. Oh, it's getting so much love because of this deck, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. It, but yeah, yeah, my my thing with red and six is, I just like. In, in the control mirrors, being able to just never miss a land drop is so good. And, like, it's not the biggest threat in the world, but it is something that does need to be dealt with, and you can get it down before counter magic really comes online. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, force negation is possible as soon as the game starts, but, like, if you're on the play, like, you can just resolve red and six before your opponent has access to, like, mana leak or remand or whatever, and I yeah. think that is so huge and then like i said you're just hitting all your land drops if you have the catria triome all of a sudden you have a draw engine you can bring back fetch lands to give you access to more mystic sanctuaries the card is just very good yeah and you can actually i guess you can actually get to a point too where uh i mean i guess maybe this is easier in person than in this online but you get to a point where you can just have no cards in your uh, library and just cast your nexus of fate and keep upticking your run and six, and then down ticking it to deal them one, <laughs> and just kill them with that. Yep. I mean, I would probably make my life a little bit easier and ultimate and cast my lightning bolt, but you could be a sadist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you could do that too. That that also would work. Yeah, hey, uh, I've ultimated a couple of run and sixes. It feels good every time. I. I've never had the privilege of um, ultimating it, but I have had it ultimate against me, and I it is, I guess, equally as terrible from that side. So <laughs> definitely something you want to, I guess, have the privilege of having happen to you or for you, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I, uh, this deck is really good. It's funny, because like, the first time I looked at this deck, I was like, this deck is super clunky. Like, how does it ever win? And I first saw it a while ago, um, Autumn Burchett was streaming it, okay. and I was just watching them, and I'm like, okay, well, like, that's not fair. Autumn's just winning because Autumn's a master. Like, they can win with anything. Naturally. But then it started being played more and more, and then, like, I tried it because I was like, no, it's all a fluke. And then I just, like, easily crushed all my opponents, and it's like, oh, like, there is something here. It just, like, looking at it, it looks like it should be too slow, but... I don't know. It just works out so well. Yeah, like this is it's kind of what you were saying before. Like it's like there's no way these numbers are right. Like who tested two reclamation in the deck that's called Team of Reclamation? Like why are there two think holes, but like there's uh, four remands, but only one next to the fate? Like the numbers just seem really haphazard. Um, but yeah, I think I think actually in practice, like really the games are much smoother uh, than like the the sum of its parts. I actually think the list has been tuned very well. Uh, like I don't like I don't think any of these numbers are an accident at this point. Like I think that is all very meticulous. I mean, I'd believe that. Like, there's, I mean, once again, if you told me you have to build a team of reclamation deck, my brain would just say, I want four euros, I want four team of reclamations, I want four growth spirals, and I want uh, maybe I'll add in like four cryptic commands. And apparently, if I if I do that, I am. One for four. <laughs> um, also, I want four Field of the Dead, and apparently that's also wrong. Like, there's a lot of numbers in here that I don't. That I, whoever did them, I appreciate them because this uh, process of finely tuning these decks, I think, is really, really tedious, but obviously very rewarding. So, I think one of the things that's weird about this deck is 
uh, the naming convention. Like, I don't know that Hamer Reclamation is a particularly good name for the deck. Because, um, like, so Reclamation, as you pointed out, isn't even a four of. I don't think it's really a centerpiece of the deck. Hmm. It's, so the deck just plays out like a control deck, and then it gets supercharged once you play the Reclamation, but, like, you don't need it to win games. It's just an additional piece that is helpful. Uh, so, like, I think that's, I think that throws a lot of people off because, like, you can just win games without it, no problem. But, like, your life gets easier when you can, like, slam it down and be like, okay, now I have Cryptic forever. Now I have, like, Factor Fiction forever. But, like, having multiple is not helpful. So, like, I think that's why it's not playing four. I think. I don't know if two or three is the correct number, but like I actually think four is too many. Um, stuff like Ren and Six, even though I was saying how good it is, like there's a lot of matchups. Like if you're playing against like a combo matchup, it just doesn't do anything. So it's like the same thing. I don't think you want too many for that. Of that reason, it's just I don't know. I I think they I think whoever worked on this worked on it very hard. Uh, like I said, I know Autumn did a lot of the work. I don't know who else to give credit for, but I think this list is very nice. So if you're if you're debating between this human reclamation deck and the uh, Bant Ramp deck from Doom Switch, which which one do you think is the better option right now? Oh, that is a, a good question. I I want to say the Bant deck, but I don't actually know. Like the reason I would want to play the Bant deck is I feel like you have less. Like I feel like your cards are just on average better. Okay. Um, but I also think it kind of depends on like what you're trying to be. But like having access, I think to Fairy Time Raveler is just such a powerful card. Um, okay. Do you think do you, like do you feel like one's like a better control deck and one's a better like mid range control deck or? Possibly, I'm I'm honestly not really sure. Like I I'd, I'd have to play more with both of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure one is just better than the other, but or maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're supposed to play four color reclamation. That I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that's what happened in standard before they banned so many things. But but I mean, maybe something kind of splits the difference. And like the band Reptic's already playing yeah. seven planeswalkers. I mean, maybe they cut a a to fair time reveler and add a uh, Renin six and go from there. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, like, white gives you cast, which is better than lightning bolt, especially, like, in a control deck, because you're not really trying to, like, bolt them out. That's just not the game plan. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I, I do think white has access to some of the better cards. But like I said, I just really love Ren and Six. Yeah. Um, Magmatic Sinkhole is also really good, so, like, I would miss that if I was playing Bant. I don't know. Answer's probably in the middle. Probably in the middle. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Alright, um, let's flip back. Um, Team Iraq. Is there anything else you want to talk about from this top eight? Anything else we haven't talked about from the, the second Modern Challenge? Yeah, not really. Uh, worth noting, Pot of Bluetron popping up. I just always take note of when that deck does well. Not because I like talking about the deck, but just because I feel like that deck is secretly so much better than people give it credit for. Yeah, I think people just like the big flashy, you know, I'm always going to get a, a turn three uh, Karn, and this deck doesn't doesn't do that. I mean, this deck actually doesn't even play Karn at this point. I mean, doesn't play big Karn, it plays uh, Karn the Great Creator now. Um, so I think it's just a different deck, but I think it's always, it's just as good though, it just, it's just different. Yeah, like, I feel like I always just see people hate on the stack. They're always like, it can't win, like, it doesn't do anything, but I don't know. Whenever I play against it, it always seems impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can do with a, you know, they get access, Karn the Great Creator gets you access to, like, Snaring Bridge and, like, Child of the Void. Like, I can't beat a Trinisphere in 90% of my games. Um, yeah. I mean, Crown the Great Creator is just such a good card. But, like, you know, it just plays out like this mana deck where you're just... I mean, sorry, not a mana deck. It plays out like this control deck where you have such a mana advantage over all the other control decks. It's just like, 
I don't know. Every time my opponent like condescends me for like X equals five, I just feel so demoralized. <laughs> yeah, that's such a such a powerful card. Even like Cyclonic Rift, like I feel like if I were playing like humans and I got Cyclonic Rifted, I would probably just like I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. Yeah, I've uh, I've had that happen. <laughs> it's uh, just not feel good. Yeah. Uh. Alright, uh, well let's, if we're done looking at modern, let's take a look at the legacy top 8 then. And hopefully there's some sweetness here. Um, this is one thing, the one on August 15th, this was Saturday. Um, we've got Golgari Depths in first. Is it Delver in second? I, I like those top two. Uh, we've got a four color Yurin Control, uh, Bank Control, Demir Ninjas, uh, Timber Delver, Goblins, and then Mono Green Cloud Post. I think these decks, I mean, a lot of these are things I've been seeing a lot. I always like, I mean, obviously you play Grogari Depths a decent amount. Um, is there anything special in this list that you, that I guess would attract a little bit of attention? Or is this like a fairly stock yeah. list? I mean, no, this list is actually like not stock at all. No. <laughs> um, it, so they, like, I shouldn't say that. They... They're playing a bunch of cards that are fairly stock in depths, but when you talk about depths, like there's a couple different versions. Uh, the big ones being turbo depths and slow depths, which slow depths is kind of a misnomer because it's really not that slow of a deck. But when you look at like turbo versus slow, some of the big differences is like turbo plays Elvish Spirit Guides and Lotus Petals, mm. whereas slow plays like Dark Confidants usually plays more Reclaimers and plays like Mox Diamonds. But this deck seems like it's kind of somewhere in the middle. It's not playing Lotus Pile or Mox Diamond, but it does have the Elvish Spirit Guide, which you would generally associate with the faster builds. But it's got Dark Confidant, which you would associate with the slower builds, and the four Reclaimers, which again, is slower. But then you have like the Pithing Needles, which is more common in the Turbo versions. So like this list is somewhere in the middle. Uh, noticeably, waste, Wasteland plus Pithy Needle seems like a questionable choice uh, to me personally, because typically Wasteland is what you name with Pithy Needle, so Turbo usually plays Ghost Quarter to get around their own Pithy Needle. Yeah, okay. But, like, I don't know. So, so I, I've always preferred Slow Daps. I think it's more fun, feels more powerful, but I think Turbo Daps is better in the current meta as it lines up much better against the Delver decks. Uh, but this person seems to have gone somewhere in the middle. I haven't gotten around to trying this build yet, but it's on my list because it's just like, I don't really fully understand their choices. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to know more, see how it like, I'm basically, I'm not sure if they won because of their choices or in spite of them. And <laughs> okay. I'd, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt, but like, I also just need to, you know, figure it out for myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, the sideboard looks pretty, I guess, pretty normal. I, the card I, want, I do want to kind of highlight though is Steely Resolve. That card is terrifying. I didn't, <laughs> I did not remember that card. Um, I played against this at uh, this must have been uh, the Legacy SCG Legacy event up in. Uh, Syracuse, I think last time we were up in Syracuse, and uh, I forget the guy's name. He's like a popular depth player, though. Um, and I, I played him, and he he had the Steeler Resolve, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. And I was like, What would you, what do you even care about? And I was like, I guess it resolves. And he's like, Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna name, and I, I can't. With well, the Dark Depths makes a, an Avatar, so was, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna name Avatar. I was like, That's not good for me. Okay. <laughs> well. This looks really awkward, but I, I guess I'm going to... Like, I had to Brazen Borrower bounce his Steely Resolve, and then I had to Force of Will it, where I just kind of Force of Will it to begin with, and I was like, it's fine, it's fine. This will work in my favor, I swear. And it blew So two favor. things about that. One, <laughs> if you don't know what a card is doing, <laughs> you're just supposed to counter it. That's the rule. That's <laughs> probably true. Yeah. Um, and two, Steely Resolve is like... People have been playing it as a one or two of in their sideboard for a while. Hmm. I hate this card. And 
it's one of those things where I just assume I'm wrong again because so many people are on board with it. Hmm. But I, I don't know. I've tried it a couple times, and every time I try it, I you know give my I give my merit lead shroud, and then I end up like losing because I can't target it with Sidiri step. Oh yeah. And I just like can't get through Baleful Strix or Ice Fang Quaddle and I die mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, I have to say, like, in my mind, it, it I guess, well, in, in one thing, I play Blue Red Delver a lot in Legacy, so for me, it was almost kind of like them casting Silence, right? Where it's like, you can either um, deal with this now or you can never deal with this until the game's over. Um, and under by, geez, I had to use a bunch of resources to be able to eventually deal with it. Um, but that was kind of draining in itself. Um, but I guess this is, I guess you're right, there actually is a cost here if you're um, not being able, and they do place the jury step in their deck, so not being able to see jury step your own avatar is, is actually a cost here. Yeah, I mean, like, I think more often than not, it's fine. I, I've probably just had bad experiences, but yeah. I'm just, like, forever scarred at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious, because just, like, playing Elvish Spirit Guide with Dark Confidant doesn't make sense to me overplaying Mox Diamond because like if your Dark Confront is just fueling you up on cards so you want your mana sources to be something that's going to stick around yeah. uh, like Elvish Spirit Guide is sweet because you get to like blow people out with this card that they don't see coming mm-hmm. but it just it doesn't make sense to me on the surface I do however love the four once upon a time a lot of depth players don't play that card that card is fantastic yeah that's like a card I mean it's been it was banned in standard. It was. It's banned in modern now, isn't it? Yeah, it's been banned in modern because it made Hamlet too good. Yeah. Oh, geez, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> terrible for who? That would be terrible for me, mostly. Uh, yeah, actually, I actually didn't love it that much either because uh, the Amulet mirror is miserable. Like, I don't know. I feel like some mirrors are really fun and some mirrors just feel coin flippy. And that's one that always felt coin flippy to me. So just like having uh, having the amount of mirror I played go up a lot was like very draining. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Let's see if there's anything else in this top eight that we really want to talk about. Uh, I do want to shout out with Excel oh six seven seven nine with the Is a Delver. I just always a big Is a Delver fan, um, especially when you're playing sweet stuff like a Ethereal Forager. Um, I think that card's just really cool. Yeah, I've been meaning to try this list out. Have you tried it yet? I have not, not yet. Um, I'm going to try to, I, I'm still trying to get my Mana Traders account. I'm like, I was going to do it last week, and I was like, no, wait, I'll wait another week. So I'm going to probably bite the bullet, get the get the big account um, this week, and I'll probably try this out first. Um, I mean, it does a lot of things that I like. Um, obviously, the, the Dreadcourt Arcanist, I think, is uh, probably one of the best creatures I've ever gotten the, the privilege to play with as far as things that are not going to be banned immediately. Um, the... I remember when I first gave you a Blue Red Delver deck with Dreadhorde Arcanist, and you did not like that card. Okay, and to be fair, and I actually I thought about that, I think about that all the time. That deck, my, my one big comment was it needs more additional draw spells. Um, the version we were playing it had four Brainstorms, uh, four Ponders, and like I think one Preordain. I was like, you need like another preordain maybe like a third preordain like and and this deck actually plays you know four brainstorm four ponder three preordain i think i think uh dreadhorde arcanist Arcanist just one of those cards you need so many um draw effects for because uh, if you don't you just run out of um draw run out of action um also it doesn't allow you to play like this deck is playing pyroblast and spell pierce um, and trying to play those as one-man interaction spells with the Arcanist is kind of weak. Um, the Pyroblast can sometimes be useful. You know, sometimes you get to attack and you know eat their Delver or you know eat their Oka, which is sweet. Um, but a lot of times the this you know the Spell Pierce is never castable off the Arcanist. Um, you don't need it to be castable off the Arcanist. Like I feel like you're just trying to flash back your draw spells and then you stock up on counter spells to keep you protected. That being yeah. said, having the pirate pass does seem really sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. When you when it, I mean when it when it works, it works. Um, so I I always think this is cool. And also like the the Arcanist too. I I don't think the version that I was playing the, the deck you handed me. I don't think it had stifle, um, but it also does kind of direct what you can and cannot do. 
Um, so something like Spell Pierce, I think you can't, like, this deck cannot afford to play a three of, of Spell Pierce. It can't afford to play um, too many Fluster Storms, for example. They're playing, um, looks like, one of the boards themselves. Um, and even something like um, Tormod Script uh, gets infinitely worse uh, when you actually are looking at something that really wants a lot of actions, and then you're playing Surgical Extraction. Not that I mind Surgical Extraction, but it, it just kind of... Uh, influences other deck choices um, that you have to make. This deck looks That's fair. Yeah, but I I have yet to see Ethereal Forager in action, and I'm really curious about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, uh, it, it seems like one of those cards that should be pretty good, but it has that, that anti-synergy with the Arcanist, because it's, it's eating the cards initially, I guess, that you want to flash back with the Arcanist. Um, I don't know if you follow James Sue on uh, on Twitter, but he's not. posted a couple of screenshots of, like, Ethereal Forager doing work, and it's definitely gotten me uh, gotten me curious. I'm also going to have to follow that then. I was, like, watching uh, Blue Red Delver players get at it. I mean, like, I'm a Rich Cali fanboy for the, for the better part of a year now, so... Anything so did you see Rich Kelly uh just got on CFB? Yeah, I'm, him? I'm telling you, for legacy players between him uh and Anorag, I think this is it's sweet. It's a really good uh couple months getting some really good writers over the over to Jenna Fireball. I feel like they just got another good legacy writer too, but I can't think of who it is. Hmm. I know they had Noah Walker do some videos. Yeah, they did. They had Noah um and then I've been seeing, I mean, obviously, Minguchi has been, you know, post his um, legacy videos. I, I know he's a big legacy player. I just, in my mind, he's not like a, a legacy guy. Do you know what I mean? He's just a, he's just a very good player who. Literally his favorite format. Yeah, but like, I think I, because of the, like, MPL he's got and all the that, most legacy content of anybody, like, in the world. <laughs> but I, he just pumps out more content than I feel like anybody else in the world. I think the fact but it's is, like almost <laughs> all legacy. Is it really all legacy? You would say it's not all legacy, but like he doesn't, he does not really write articles. Uh, when he does write an article, it usually is about standard. But like all his videos for CFB are, they're basically all legacy. Uh, his, he streams with um, he streams on Arena. He doesn't stream on Moto very much. Okay. So all his daily streams are like standard and drafts and historic, but like. Hmm. All all his recorded videos are legacy. Okay. Uh, Alright. Um I guess finishing up this one top eight, um I just want to look at the third place list too. Um is this what you would call strife pile? This uh four color Yorian control? Yeah. Okay. This is eighty card strife pile. Okay. Yeah, this deck I think is I mean actually speaking about Anarog. Uh, I know he recorded a list uh, with Strifo, actually, playing uh, uh, maybe not this exact list, but a an eighty card um, Strifo pile, and it, it, the deck looks really powerful. I really like these four color control lists. Yeah, I still need to get around to watching that video. Um, this deck is sweet. I always like, I always think about playing it, and then I always talk myself out of it because I always am just like, nobody really seems to win with it other than Strifo. So like. I don't want to bother, but mm. I don't know. The deck just looks very good all the time. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, a, is this, a, I mean, it's like powerful card, right? I mean, between uh, Uro that gets powered up by Dak Vading through discarding cards and eventually get to turn the corner and um, kind of mini mind twist your opponent because you have Leovold out. Like, it's a lot of really cool angles here. They even play a Notion Thief. Like, what what could be sweeter than notion thieving your opponent before you deck them? I could think of a lot of things. <laughs> Alright, well we're well this is something if you if you check if you end up playing this deck, let me know because I would definitely like to to watch that. Can do, can do. Um and let's look at Sunday's uh legacy top eight. Um another four color control list. Um, some Teamer Delver, uh, Orzhov Eldrazi, Storm, Lands, uh, Jeskai Delver, and Golgari Depth. I think I could be wrong too. Did Phil Helmuth 
top eight. He both top eighth. eight both. Yeah. What a what a thicko. That's that's pretty good. Okay. Oh, did was it a different format? Uh, he might have top eighted the modern one, but he definitely. Oh, he top eighted on. He top eighted on Sunday. He just he top eighted the modern and the legacy one on the same day. I mean, that's just efficiency <laughs> right there. <laughs> that's so awesome. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, good on you, Phil Helmuth. Um, but I mean, this is it's pretty straightforward too. The full color control. Uh, I know Team Delver has been. Um, really, I guess, like, the Delvin Azure for the past um, couple months. So I think that's a, not surprising to see two copies in the top eight there. Uh, the Jeskai Delver is surprising to me, though. The Jeskai Delver deck is really weird. Yeah. Playing, oh, man, what is happening here? Take this back. I don't like this. This is, uh... <laughs> so they're playing, the, I mean, they're playing Delver Azure, but they're playing one Arcanist, one Snapcaster Mage, one Brazen Bar, two... Young Pyromancers. I mean, they've got the Fairy Time Raveler, which I'm a big fan of. But it's really... Yeah, I, I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah, I don't either. They're playing Stifles. But two of them, which is okay, I guess. They're playing three Daisies. What is... Oh my gosh, my head hurts. Okay. Yeah, plus Tony Scapone has always been known for playing Accumulated Knowledge and Delver. Which I've never seen anybody else do. Not a single person. Okay. It's, I mean, maybe that's why he's only playing one Dreadhorde Arcanist. Can't flash back accumulated knowledge. No, you can't. Actually, looking at this, this does not look great for Arcanist. So I guess playing one makes sense. Well, like, at that point, I almost just want to have a third Young Pyromancer, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because the Young Pyromancer would still be okay, right? Like... But this is this kind of was the issue I was talking about before with the Arcanist. Like he's a, he has four brainstorm, four ponder. Like outside of that, you can flashback lightning, two lightning bolts, or three swords of plowshare. I mean, sword of plowshare I'm on board with, but um, overall, this is this is a lot to take in. That's the, the nicest way I can phrase this. Um, you got the sideboard snow covered mountain for those matchups. That's important. Um, yeah, I don't. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Well, I think he's bringing in the mountain in matchups where he's probably in the same matchups he's bringing in Aria Flame, just to make sure he has like the mana to cast things. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, gosh, I didn't even notice the Aria Flame. Yeah, he's playing three sideboard Aria Flames in his deck too. But like, this is if you were playing the Aria Flame, you could. You could just play the Arcanist and be able to flashback spells reliably. This deck, you can't do that now. That's, uh, that's true. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, I, I gotta... I'm gonna have to, like, sit down with a cup of coffee and really, like, work through this list. It's just... There's a lot of things going on here. I might have to play this list, actually. This might have to be my... The next thing I play. Just to, like get it out of my brain. Jeez, okay. Oh man. Uh is there, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about from the from the top 8? Nah. Okay. Jeez. Oh man. All right. Well, I didn't see anything like really like super splashy, right? Between the in the legacy challenges, were were there any like decks that just, I guess haven't shown up yet that like I should be like looking out for? Uh Noticeably absent would be the Pokemoki deck. Like Poke Pokemoki? The uh, real Pokemoki. He's a uh, one of the. I don't think he's the trophy leader right now. I think I think Tom Hep has him beat, but he's like in the top couple slots for uh, the Legacy Trophy Leader race. Okay. He's playing like this Rug Denial deck. Um, oh. It's actually. I think I'm going to be playing it the same deck on uh, the 90s MTG stream tomorrow. Oh, very cool. When this comes out, will probably be today or yesterday. Um, but he's playing, um, he's playing like, it, 
it looks on its surface almost like a Delver deck, but without Delver of Secrets, and it goes a little bit bigger. Um, but he's been tearing it up in leagues with that, and a couple other people have tried it, and they've almost all said good things. Although you also have a lot of people who haven't tried it who are just like, this is just a bad Delver deck. Um, well, I think people are so used to, like, you know, going like Delver Daisy, and it's like, well, maybe there has to be a shell that is still good without playing Delver. Like, there's a lot of games um, you obviously don't even play Delver, you still win, so... Yeah, I mean, his deck is sweet because it's more of a mid-range deck, and like it plays Stifle, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like with Rug Delphar, it feels like you're just trying to stop your opponent from doing, um, from doing things while you try to quickly like end the game. Hmm. With this deck, it's like you're not trying to like make them stumble so that you can kill them quick so much. You're kind of just slowing down the game to get you into the late game where your spells. Are just going to be more powerful than what they're doing. So, what are you what are you wi winning with then? Uh, you're winning with like mainly Uro. Like you're playing a couple copies of Uro, a couple copies of Oko. Um, you can win through just incidental damage with Ice Fang Quaddle. Okay. Uh, you have Dreadhorde Arcanist to help pull you ahead. But like I've played a, I've played it through some leagues and it's just the deck feels very smooth. Uh, have you seen this? Just like talking about other decks, have you seen the the, the replenish deck? Ah, uh, yeah, that deck is sweet. I definitely uh, I'm planning to try that out. Uh, if I wasn't talking to you right now, I would probably be playing that right now. <laughs> I'm keeping you away from sweet decks. I'm so sorry. Well, actually, you're keeping me away from making dinner. But... Oh no! Yeah, I got to do that very soon too. Well, what can you can you explain what like the shark? Shark Replenish, I guess. Like, what that deck's trying to do? Yeah, okay. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like a control deck. It's mainly blue-white. Some people are playing red. It's playing, like, the spells you would expect to see out of a control deck, like your swords, brainstorms, ponders, whatever. Um, but it's also just, like, playing, like, cast-outs, shark typhoons. Uh, some people are playing Lay Claim, which, if you don't know, is, like, a seven mana enchantment that just says you control enchanted permanent and it cycles for two. Uh, some people are playing counterbalance. Some people are splashing red for seal of fire. But like you're just playing this controlling game plan until and like you look like a fairly normal deck with some subpar choices. Again, like the cast out and those. And then all of a sudden you play replenish, which is like this older card that's you return all enchantments from your graveyard to play. And so, like, anything you cycle just comes into play, and the point is you're just getting such a massive advantage from those things. But especially, it's especially cool with, like, Shark Typhoon, which is something you usually want to cycle early on anyways to cantrip and make, like, your giant flying shark. But now you just might have a Shark Typhoon or two in play. And I don't know if you've ever sat across from that card, but if that card is in play, it is insanely powerful it like brutal. it is horrifying if your opponent ever resolves that card because now all of a sudden everything they're doing is just making a threat but deck looks really really cool i don't know how good it is yet but it certainly looks fun yeah i mean they i thought that deck looked really cool there was like talk about like, the divining witch deck too yeah i played um I played the Divining Witch deck yesterday. So anybody, um, the list hasn't been posted on like yet because Wizards is having this weird bug where their legacy uh, events aren't being posted right now. Um, but Cartesian, who is notable for being an excellent Aloran player on Moto, I mean, he's an excellent player in general, but yeah. especially known for playing Aloran, has uh, started off in like a 13-0 streak with this witch hunt deck. Wow. This is what he's calling it. It's inspired by uh, Andreas Peterson's deck that he's been playing in Vintage, but it's just like this control combo hybrid where he's trying to kill you with fastest Oracle, but his way of emptying his deck is playing Divining Witch, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's a, it's a creature. It costs one and a black, and you pay two mana. Again, one and a black. You discard a card from your hand, uh, name a card, 
exile the top six cards of your library and then reveal cards from your deck until you get to the named card. Any other revealed cards uh, get, I think, exiled, and then that card goes to your hand. Yeah, so um, it's like a demonic consultation, essentially? Or yeah, that's what it is. Wow. Um, so you just, like, name a card that's not in your deck, get rid of the whole thing, and then slam the Sass's Oracle. But the deck's really cool. He's playing, like, uh, four Baleful Strikes, four, four Divining Witch, um, some Grand Abolishers, some Meddling Mages, the Spellskite, and the Thassa's Oracle. And then uh, he's playing four Aether Vials. So, like, all your spells, you, you're, like, very resistant to counter spells because all your creatures are two drops, and you can just vial in this combo. Yeah, wow. But I played it uh, I played it through a league yesterday, too. It wasn't the best, but I went 3-2. But all the games were a lot of fun. So what's this is like the big question too. I, I have my answer already. What's the what's the card that's not in your deck that you named with Divining Witch? Uh, I'm boring, so I just named Crystal Brand because it was the first thing that came to mind. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of whatever. I was gonna say whenever people name like Abandoned Hope or something, uh, yeah. I get a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's what mine is. I I always say like Abandoned Hope, and it's always like the the moment where they're like. Not like this. Um, oh man, those are cool. I like those. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you too long. I just want to kind of wrap up some stuff. Um, I, I told you I was streaming, right? This this came up before. I streamed yes. a couple times. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I streamed four times this week. I think um, I ended up getting um, doing two leagues with. Uh, Monterey Prowess today, and that they should actually be on the website um, today, which was on, on Wednesday, um, so people can check those out as well uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, but they actually should be already on uh, Twitch right now. So if you somehow are listening to this currently, you can you can stop listening to us and go watch it, or you can go back in time and watch it. Then it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I want to make sure we get some cool videos up. I always like um, streaming, and you know, hopefully we can get you streaming a couple, couple things here and there too. Yeah. Now that uh, now that we're settled, I'm getting the basement set up to be stream friendly. It's gonna take a couple of weeks, but yeah, I think I can hold up until then. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to having like we just like updated our internet, and I'm just like. It'll be nice to be able to like, cause I've streamed in the past, but our internet was bad. And then we got a second dog and the dogs were needy. <laughs> now I can actually get away from them. So yeah. it'll be nice to get back to it. Um, yeah, so we're streaming. Uh, did you, also you're doing, you mentioned this a little bit before you're doing a, something for 90, 90s magic. 90, 90s. Yeah. So, okay. So I think your plan is to have this, this is going to go up on Wednesday, right? Yeah. Okay. So I guess tonight then, when this comes out, I'm going to be guest starring, or I don't want to say starring, but guesting on uh, 90s Magic Twitches. Let me try this again. I'm going to be guesting on 90s Magic Twitch channel. Cool. Um, for those who don't know, 90s Magic is this group. Uh, they're based in New York, and they, uh, they've been recording content uh, with Paper Magic for online. Uh, I think they started before COVID, but like they've been especially active during it. Um, but they are just a stream where they are having people play games with Paper Magic. Uh, it's nice because even though even though we have Magic online, there's just something different about physical cards, and some people prefer watching that. Uh, but they focus on older formats, so they take they've taken some votes like on these like. Do you want us to play pre-modern? Do you want us to play vintage? Do you want us to play legacy? So they're doing um, they're doing legacy this week, and they have they reached out to me to see if I would like to play and or possibly commentate any of the matches. So I'm up this week. Uh, I'm going to be playing against my friend Tom Hep round one. Uh, it's funny we've been messaging each other today because we are both known for playing dark depths in legacy, with him being generally considered one of if not the best steps player so we were talking about like 
is this going to be a mirror match? Like, should one of us switch decks? How do we want to handle this? But I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, for those who don't know, Thomas Hepp is Negator77, who's like constantly one of the top people on the leaderboard, I feel like. Yeah, I think he's winning the race right now. He won it uh, not last season, but the season before, I think. He took a season off, but he's just like casually crushing. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow them on Twitter, they're at 90sMTG. Or sorry, yeah, at yeah. 90sMTG. And then their Twitch is 90s Magic. No, I lied. It's also 90sMTG. Um, All right, well, I'll put that in the show notes so people can uh, follow them uh, if they haven't already. And then also, mentioning Tom, he's been putting up excellent Jeps content if you want to like really, really focus hardcore on, on some merit league strategies. Uh, you can find him at Negator77 on both Twitter and Twitch. So I'll, I'll post his uh, info also then. Um, Alright, well, I, I've i got a hungry family I need, I need to get going. I know you need to start making dinner for your family too. Um, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at ExpeditionMap. Uh, if when, if and when I start streaming again, you can find me on Twitch at also at Expedition Map. But I will also be streaming from uh, from Dark Depths podcast page. Awesome, uh, and you can find me at Bad Luck Bandit. Uh, you can also find uh, the podcast at Depths underscore Podcast. Apparently, someone actually took at Dark Depths Podcast before. It it hasn't tweeted since like 2017, but. For right now, we are at Depth underscore podcast. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Did you uh, want to say anything on the way out the door, Mapson? Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like, so all my favorite podcasts, well, I shouldn't say all. A lot of my favorite podcasts do a quick sign-off. Uh, so I think we should be in the habit of doing a sign-off at the end of each episode. Okay. This will be a moment to just, you know, one of us can tell a story. Or it could be magic related. It could be non-magic related. Doesn't really matter. Uh, I have a story in mind, but I'm going to save my story because started this episode, I realized we didn't do anything to introduce ourselves to people who might not know us. So I just want to take a quick minute, give an introduction about who we are. Billy, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, let's see. I am. Oh man. In a, I guess in a nutshell, uh, level one judge, big modern legacy player. Uh, from the Philly area. Um, obviously, we're working on the podcast right now, but I am a teacher by trade. Um, so, and I'm also a math teacher. So, if you ever have anything interesting to talk about education or math in general, as long as it's not about, um, you know, why do they change math at the elementary level, um, I'm interested. Okay. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, you know, I uh, am just, uh, I play a lot of Magic. Uh, I'm I'm known for, uh, I came in second at Grand Prix Hartford two years ago playing uh, Amulet Titan, um, which I was the first person to top eight at Grand Prix with it after they banned um, Summer Bloom. Uh, play on the SCG tour, not like regularly, but enough. Um, my normal life, I just just bought a house, uh, married, and have two dogs. It's not a not a lot about me to say, but just a quick introduction. I love I love big mana strategies, love primeval titan and dark depths. And that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, let's get out of here. I'll see you. Say goodbye to everybody for me, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you next week. Okay. See you all next week. <laughs>